Um, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to a very special non-episode of Ticket Snubs where we don't talk about movies. We talk about a video game, which is kind of like a movie, but we're both big fans of it. So this is me and John for today. Hello. And, and today we will be talking about The Last of Us Part 2. Yay. Um... <laughs> Bear, okay, we'll keep the first part of this discussion spoiler-free, and then we'll let you know when it's going to turn into spoiler territory, so you can just, you know, click off the video and play the game for yourself, which I do think you should do that, by the way. So, without further ado, I think we should we should talk about um, the pre-release stuff, like mm-hmm. stuff that happened before. We'll, we'll go in more detail about it after, once we get to spoiler territory, but just to be general... I think that the leaks were overblown completely. The, the reaction to it, at least, was overblown. I think that people should have waited for the full context. Because I think that the scene that everyone got mad about, which is early on in the game, was much better within the context of the game instead of how the leaks portrayed it to be in a vacuum. I don't know. Like, just keep it general, and then we'll go more in-depth in later on. So, I, uh, I avoided all the leaks somehow um when they all came out because i really wanted to experience this for myself as much as possible i've been waiting for this for seven years like many other people haven't we all i the reason i'm into filmmaking in the first place is because of the first last of us it impacted me that greatly i wrote my college essay on last of us i have a tattoo of last of us i love the last of us um it came out about this and everyone was super super angry about it and everything i i didn't want to know anything because i i knew that Neil Druckmann and Naughty Dog had something else up their sleeves. Um, and they did. <laughs> when I, yes. Um, whether I liked it or not, we'll get into later. But um, I knew that we, there was something else in store. I'm now currently looking at the leaks just so I can, like... Uh, yeah, I looked at them right after I beat the game just to see how accurate they were. And some of them were actually false. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at them now. Well, the whole disgruntled employee thing was fake, right? That, that's a conspiracy. Uh, we really yeah. don't know. But the the canon answer, if you will, is that they said that someone found a backdoor to a patch in a previous Naughty Dog game into like their servers. So that's how they got the um, the cutscene details and the, the dev stuff, which is really, really weird that you can actually do that through a patch. Yeah. But I don't know. It I, I be think... a lot more secure. That also brings into uh, discussion with the disruptive employee thing about the working conditions in Naughty Dog. Naughty Dog has a lot of stuff to fix. <laughs> That's really what it Women. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. Um, yeah, for sure. I think the working environment, if half of what they said was true, is just awful because, like, if you love the game or hate the game, it's still. I don't think any game ever is worth sacrificing your own personal life for. The sad thing about the game is it's no long, it's not going to go down in history as one of the greatest games ever, but it will 100% go down in history as one of the worst marketing campaigns and one of the most absurd like pre-release um, whatever it's called. Like just what happened with it is completely absurd, and I think the way that games continue to market themselves and game companies market in the future will forever be changed by what 
happened here. Yeah, we'll definitely want to go into, into detail about that <laughs> afterwards. But I think for right now in the spoiler-free section, we're going to talk about the general. We're going to talk about the gameplay first, and then the general stuff, like the general story stuff, and then we're going to go more into detail about everything that went down. I think that would be. Yeah, I think that'd be more or- organized. So we'll save the the meaty parts of the controversy for later on. We just want to touch on it because that happened before the game came out. But uh, let's talk about the gameplay because that it's a video game. You know, you play it. Yeah. And um, I think it's I think it's phenomenal. I yeah, it's it is it's very very good. It does have its flaws. Um, for the most part, I was thoroughly entertained with it. Uh, how long did it take you to finish it? Like. Uh, I didn't check. I think maybe like something like twenty, twenty-five hours. How long did it take, like you, like, like day-wise? Oh, it took it me took, a week. It took me three days. I started playing at midnight on Friday, when the game came out. So <laughs> when it just became Friday and it unlocked on my PS4, and then I played it like all weekend, and then on Sunday I finished it. And we'll, we'll talk about how I felt after I finish it later. Okay. Um, it, it took me a week to finish. Um, like, I enjoyed it, but not all of it. Um, the gameplay for me, I don't know how it felt for you, I thought it was a little tedious at times, especially the, um, the encounters. I felt they were just the same. I thought Over... the encounters were great, for, for personally. You were what? Well, in the first game, I thought the encounters with the infected were better than the encounters with the humans, but it's yeah. the complete opposite with me in the second game, because I... I mean, I, I, I like the encounters more. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because the infected, it's just, it's all the same, you know. You just have to. Most of them are blind. Or mm-hmm. Most of them just can't see, so you just have to be quiet. The only, the only different um, encounter that we had the entire game, other than just stealth, was during. Well, I mean, this is kind of spoilers, isn't it? So um, I can't really. It's just a salute at a boss fight. It yes, was, it was a boss fight towards the middle of the game. Yes, and that was the only thing. I felt was other than you just sneaking around going stealth, and I liked the stealth aspect of it a lot. I thought um, it was refined for sure. It was just really, that, it, I mean, it's no Splinter Cell or Metal Gear Solid, but it's 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 better. This game's getting a lot of comparisons to Metal Gear Solid. Well, yeah, because Metal Gear Solid is kind of like well, uh, from three onwards, it became more of like uh, using your environments to hide around, you know, with yeah. camouflage, and that's also part of the last of it. You grass to hide around, and you know, you sneak around taking out enemies. Well, that was another thing I really enjoyed was the uh, the fertility that you have. Like you can you can pick different spots to go to that you'll eventually like everybody'll end up in, like no matter how you play the game. But everybody's way into the story is different. Everyone's gameplay is different. Like that yeah, a lot. yeah. I love how they well in the first game it was a lot of cramped hallways with a mm-hmm. lot of the encounters, but in this one it's very open. You have a lot of options for how you want to tackle things. You can ghost it if you really want to. Like if you don't have any resources to craft and you just you can't fight them off, you just you can just just run. <laughs> I mean, I didn't run. I just I took my time through it. I made sure to sneak past them. But you can also run through them if you really want to. But I thought the human encounters were fantastic because they were very. The AI isn't like perfect. It's not you know, uh, they're not intelligent really it's unpredictable though which i really they enjoy they are unpredictable once they i would restart the level and i would expect the ai to do the same thing walk on the same path and they, they didn't they did something completely different each time i liked yeah. how they had teams. um i just wish they had different character models because they were all the same character models but they had uh, different names yes There's a lot of twins and in this universe hated the dogs 
so much. <laughs> okay, here's a hot take. I hate dogs in any stealth game. Like, I just, I don't They're like They're a fine mechanic. I liked how they were used. I thought they were cool. But they are the most annoying thing in the entire world. I'll be so close to completing a level, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to get past this. And I hear the owner go, oh, you pick up something? And you see the dog sent to behind you. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was so annoying. I just, I don't, I think dogs are overpowered in games. <laughs> To be honest. What are your what are your thoughts on having to kill the dog? I don't. Well, I mean, I love animals. Uh, I have a dog myself, and I, I just I don't I don't like killing animals in games. But The Last of Us is one of those games that doesn't give me the option. Because like in other games, like I know I was playing Cell like earlier. Reality of. Oh well, yeah, obviously I think out. it works for The Last of Us, but I think in other stealth games it's good that they give you the option because I know in Splinter Cell they give you the option to taser a dog, so it's not dead, just you know, mm. nap nap. But <laughs> I, I think also I think just to segue into the brutality of the gameplay, I think that the gameplay is is really really visceral, and especially when you do a takedown on somebody like with the facial expressions and and how they they move and how long it takes, it's just it's very realistic and very gritty, which adds to the brutality of the world for sure, and the world building itself. Yeah, one hundred percent. I, I, um, my favorite fight scene. I know a lot of people have a problem with this one. Was, um, and I'm trying to say this as spoiler free as possible. Basically, the you know how I got these scars. Oh yeah, that one was brutal. I thought that was great. I don't, I don't normally wince at things in the movies or or games or anything, but that really got me. Like I don't, I don't know, just something about. Getting giving a guy a Glasgow smile was just yeah. Oof. Um, I do have one more thing to say about the dogs. I I, go I, for it. I hated the most was how you have no option to kill the dogs, and I and I understand that, and I'm okay with that. I, I it adds like we were saying, it adds the brutality of the story in the world. Um, but I don't like how the game makes you feel awful. Like I don't enjoy how there are not once. But two times in this game where you're forced to play with a dog, and then in the next scene, you have no choice but to murder them. I, did, I, I did, was not really too much of a fan of how you were kind of just meant to feel miserable well, for yeah, playing. Well, I mean, the whole game's misery porn. That, that's what I've heard it yeah, described and, and as. There are times where it works for me, like like the ending, which we'll get into later. But I just, I wasn't, I felt like the game was just trying, I don't really know where I'm going with this, but the game was just trying to, I don't know, I felt like the yeah, game was just making The game is trying too hard to be unpleasant, if you will. Well, that's my problem with the story as well, is that it, I feel like it was just there for shock value. In really a, lot of, a lot of things were there for sure. Once we sure. go into the story, well, we'll like okay. So that's the gameplay. Any, any last things we want to say about the gameplay? Can I say a little bit more. Uh, what was that? Can I say a little bit more about the gameplay. Yeah, yeah, go, go for it, man. Um, so I did. I did like the rope mechanics. Oh, I thought the that rope was physics were pretty pretty yeah. sexy. They added to a lot of um different fun ways you can do among something. It felt, I thought it that felt was... very open for sure. Like it didn't feel scripted. It felt like. You actually were playing oh, yeah. around with the environment, and I, my, oh yeah, my biggest problem with the semi-open world environment though was in the beginning when you're with Dina on the horse going around that big open area, um, and I thought that was really well done. I was like, oh, this is cool. This is a cool little open world section, which they completely kind of abandon about halfway through the game, and you can never have something like that again in it, which I thought was kind of weird, especially because they market the whole open world aspect. Um, 
Uh, and those the big humans, the the semi boss kind of humans. Oh, the guys who can take like ten headshots. Yes, which I I referred to the whole time I was playing as the Karens, <laughs> like Karens. So the Karens for me. They really took me out of the game when I was fighting them. I would headshot them over and over, and they wouldn't die. For a game that's trying to be as realistic as possible, and you have these giant people that you hit... I don't care how big you are. If I shoot you in between the eyes, you're going to die. <laughs> like, um, that, it took me out of the game every time I would shoot them, and they wouldn't die. That's really all my big complaints with it. Yeah, I mean, I also thought that the dodge mechanic was also very welcome, because it, it added yeah. some strategy to it, because in the first game, you just mash the square button to win, but here, you, you can actually you, get pretty roughed up if you don't use the dodge button. I wish it could have been L1 and R1. I wish there were a little bit more, um, like, I don't know, it, like you said in the first game, it's very, hit square to do this. Oh, you're stuck in a place? Hold triangle, you'll get out of there. And this has a lot of that, too. Um, but for you to dodge any incoming attack, it's just L1, but I felt if you could dodge it from each side, it's actually happening, like, oh, they're coming on your left, click L1, or they're coming on your right, click R1. Kind of like the sword fight in Uncharted 4, where you dodge, yeah. and, like, you pair mm -hmm. on each side? That would have been... I think that, really I think cool. that would have been really cool. But the fact that, once again, they stuck to three buttons the entire game. Yeah. I, I, I wish, I wish more to the gameplay in that kind of sense, because if you played the first game, you can walk into this and have no problem figuring it out. And and I'm okay with that. But it's literally the same thing. Yeah, just some minor improvements. I mean, Except I thought the jump button was kind of trivial, to be honest, because, I mean, I barely use it outside of certain sections. Yeah, usually just crouch. <laughs> yeah, because, like, in the first game, I thought they did the jumping right, where it was contextual. Like, if you saw a ledge, you could just hop over it, or if you saw, um, like, a cliffside... To like platform, you could jump contextually. I didn't think they needed to add like an uncharted style jump button because it's just it's just trivial, but it doesn't hurt the game or help the game. It's something I I kind of scratch my head at why why they would add that. I I feel comfortable saying that the gameplay was the best aspect of this game. Yeah, I mean it's not as good as Uncharted Four in my opinion. I thought Uncharted Four was like just the pinnacle of two, two very different. They're two very different games for sure, but yeah. I thought that for what the Uncharted series was going for Uncharted Four was the pinnacle of that. Whereas with Uncharted with no with Last of Us Two, I think there could be more improvements if there was to be a Last of Us Three, which we'll talk about more about how we feel about God. that. <laughs> but uh, that that's the gameplay. Uh, I think we can all agree. Even a lot of people who don't like the game agree that the gameplay is still serviceable at best. Oh yeah, and the I, graphics. Are oh oh yeah, we gotta talk about the graphics for sure. The graphics are yeah. phenomenal. I mean, I, how do they put this I do have um, I do have one issue with the graphics though. There are scenes where I that they directly recreated from the first game that I felt looked so much better in the first game. Like the um the scene at the end of the first where Ellie and Joel are discussing whether or not he lied to her. They basically recreate that in the beginning of the game and it looks so much better in the first game. Well, I think because it's a different character model, because they changed Ellie's appearance to look more like her voice actor, so I think that could have just been a little bit of, like, Uncanny Valley type stuff. But I think that the game is an absolute technical marvel, for sure. Like, everything from the uh, the sound design is phenomenal. Uh, they still do a great job of making the clickers and the infected in general sound scary just by the sound. 
when the whistling is horrifying. Oh yeah, the the seraphites that whistle. So scary. That was that was some good. That was a good touch. I like the whistling. Every time it happened, I thought they were gonna kill me. Because it was you, so don't, you don't know what they're what they're thinking, you know? Because like, <laughs> before they would just call out and you'd be like, oh okay, they don't know I'm there. But when you when they whistle, you don't know until later on in the game where they kind of like translate it for you a little bit. But yeah. I think that everything from the facial animations down to how Ellie's backpack moves when she runs is just phenomenal. Also, the mm -hmm. guitar playing is great because it's actual guitar playing. Oh, yeah. To make Ellie shred. Oh, yeah. I, I'm waiting for that through the Fire and Flames cover. Oh, yeah. Take on me is... Uh... That was a good moment. For sure. That was a good yeah. character moment. I like that. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's the presentation and the gameplay. I think that they're both pretty good. I thought that the gameplay got a little bit tiresome towards the end because the game is very long. And I don't have an issue with long games. Like, I've logged, like, 100-plus hours in a lot of games. No problem. A lot of story-based games. But the main issue with how the game feels long, because it is long, where other games, they, they're long, but they're paced better. And we'll talk about more of that in the story. But let's, let's give a very general overview of the story. <laughs> Uh, very spoiler-free for, for now, and then we'll go more into depth after this section. Can we really, though? It has to be discussed. Like, if we were going for a spoiler-free summary, it would basically be, well, you have Ellie, nice and happy, and Jackson. Something happens that makes her go on a path of violent revenge. And that's really as, yeah, without going into anything. Well, I think everyone knows about the secret twist, but we'll keep it spoiler-free for now. I just I think that the game is worth playing for sure. Like if you loved the first game, then for sure pick it up. But if you hated the first game, I don't think this is for you because it's very. I mean, the gameplay is is not going to hold you over if you really did not like the first game, and the story for sure is not going to hold you over if you did not like the first game. But that's the story, and I I think we can both agree that the game that you should play the game for yourself and not. Dismiss it because of what happened with the leak. I agree. Everyone's gonna have their own opinion on it. There are people that are absolutely hating it, and there are people like us where we were like, "Hey, that was fine, I guess." <laughs> it has it has its issues, but just real quick, we're gonna give our rating for the game, just out of ten. I'll, I'll give it a seven out of ten. Cause... Okay. Do it than I was. I gave it a six. At, at its best, I was thinking a seven. At its worst, I was thinking a five. Yeah. So, I mean... Uh, throughout, the, I mean, because I beat it so long ago, I was thinking about replaying it, but there are certain reasons that stop me from that. And we're going to go into spoilers now, so if you have not played The Last of Us Part 2 and want to, then please click away and buy the game for yourself and play it, and then come back. Or if you just want to hear some entertaining banter. Or yeah, if you don't care about the spoilers, if you're like, I don't know, chaotic neutral. Also, the first game will be spoiled as well, which we, we spoiled that before, but whatever. You probably played the first game. Seven years since the first game came out. First game is seven years old. Come on, man. Yeah. So, when I say I wanted to replay the game, but something's stopping me, it's that the game is awfully paced. Just just long stretches of being a walking simulator paced, which I hate. I mean, yeah. I don't mind walking simulators. Like, Metal Gear Solid 3 is my favorite game ever, and that game is like a, like a 10-hour walking simulator. Because you just walk through the jungle through the whole game with some occasional enemies that you stealth around, but for the most part, you're just walking. But that game is paced so well, I can pick it up whenever, for sure. But with here, it's like you're just... You're, 
Okay, so in the beginning, I didn't mind the walking parts because I was invested with the characters and, you know, Joel and Ellie and Dina was kind of interesting. Jesse was not that interesting, but I, I'll give him a chance. I gave him a chance. <laughs> that didn't pan out. But then once you switch over to Abby, I don't, I didn't care. Like, I was just... Let's, uh, let's discuss it in order. So we can yeah, see yeah, this is in order for sure. So where we're coming from. Uh, when the game starts, it's very slow. So that's that's something we can all agree on. It's a very slow start. It's not like like the first game where the opening is fantastic. When Sarah dies, you, you're immediately hooked into Joel as a character, and you understand everything he's pretty much gone through in those twenty years. You just get the gist of it from that. But here, it's more like Joel comes back to Jackson with a guitar and teaches Ellie to play guitar. I liked that a lot. I liked that <laughs> moment. That was a nice moment. For sure, and then it cuts back. It cuts to uh, four years later, and then you get Ellie waking up in the aftermath of a big event happening last night at a like a party or something, and then you just you go out on a patrol. I I liked the beginning a lot. I I think I I thought from the opening frame to a big event that we'll get into in a bit. I thought up until that point it was great. Like, I was really enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, I, just because I say it was slow doesn't mean I didn't like it. I, I loved it because the, yeah. I, I was so attached to the characters and saying it was a slow start. Same yeah. thing with Uncharted yeah. 4. That was a slow start, but I still I love it because, you know, the characters that I care about and characters that I want to see interact mm-hmm. with each other. And, I, uh, and the new characters weren't bad either that they introduced in that part. They weren't bad. I, yeah, I liked them. Yeah, I liked them. I, mean, I thought Jesse was a little bit eh, but Dina had a lot of potential. And for the most part, I thought that she was a pretty good addition to the cast. I liked her at, by the end of it. Dina was cool. Yeah, Dina was cool. Uh, I, I, mean, I get why people think she's annoying or forced. I don't. I didn't think she was forced at all. Um, no, I I didn't. Um, like what I mean by forced, I mean like her relationship with Ellie mostly. Yeah, it felt it felt pretty natural. Yeah, I don't think the game is like SJW pandering. Like the LGBT stuff in the game is pretty nonchalant as it should be in most media it's not like you know uh propaganda or anything it's just two girls are in love that's it really nothing else to it same thing with a a transsexual character later on in the game it's really just one line of dialogue and then that's really it it's it's just i what i like about that part what are you talking about (laughs) with uh lev being a transgender or trans lev yeah okay yeah lev so With, uh-huh. with his um, whole character arc, it's very much up... It, it respects your intelligence and not doesn't talk down to you about these topics. It just make, lets you make up your own mind about these things. But back to the story with Ellie and Dina. They go out on a patrol. Wait, wait, wait. Can I say one more thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Um, the thing I liked most about the first game was how the gameplay felt seamless with the story. And how everything you did felt like it had a purpose. One of my favorite things of the first one is how you learn how to shoot by walking in a building and there's a man on the floor who's breathing in spores and is going to turn and you have to shoot him in the head to put him out of his misery. And that's how you learn to shoot. And that's great. Uh, In this one, I liked how if you didn't play the first one, you learned how to shoot by having a nice, charming snowball fight with Ellie and Dina and a bunch of little kids, which added to their characters. Um, Which, again, this game kind of gives up yeah, it's all downhill from there. Yeah. 
So, um, so yeah, they're on patrol. You do you learn about stealth mechanics and how to deal with the infected, and you learn about scavenging and crafting, and all that good stuff. It really that whole stretch of the game is a tutorial, just to make sure that you know what you're doing, and how to jump and crawl and whatnot. And then <laughs> you switch over to another character, known as Abby, who is a a very very interesting character. We'll we'll have a lot to say about later on. <laughs> but Abby is someone who wakes up in her cabin with her group of friends who we don't know of yet, and then she talks to this guy, and then they go out and they see this town, and they're looking for something or someone, and then you just kind of follow Abby as she goes off on her own to look for what she's looking for, and the whole time that's her combat tutorial. That's like you know. We learn about how to fight infected and how to use listen mode and whatnot. So throughout this entire first like two hours of the game, you're switching between Ellie and Abby intermittently. And then the story is coming to a head when Abby gets into trouble and then she's saved by That's interesting, yeah. She gets in trouble and she's saved by Joel and Tommy. Uh from the last game obviously. And then Joel and Tommy end up at her cabin. In which, to which, uh, oh god, to which Abby pulls out a shotgun, shoots Joel, and then beats him to death with the golf club <laughs> in front of Ellie. Um, that's the, that's the my, introduction. My biggest issue with all of that is how most of the plot, even the rest of the game, is all based on coincidence. Like, mm -hmm. I there could have been a much better way for Joel and Tommy to run into Abby, like, other than just. That was their patrol path or whatever. Yeah, and rescuing her. And, and I know there's the whole angry, they're like, Joel wouldn't be dumb enough to rescue Abby. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't agree with that. I think Joel is a much more trusting and agreeable person after being Bro, Ellie's father for the past yes. four years. And now seeing yet another adult out on the loose being chased by, chased by infected... Of course he would help her. Now, the one thing that I think is kind of dumb that he didn't do was, especially since he saw her getting chased by the infected, when they got to the cabin with all of her friends, they didn't check for bites, they didn't check for anything, and immediately, Tommy's like, oh, you guys should come back with us, we'll give you some food and stuff. Like, I understand that Joel's grown. Yeah, I understand if, that if Joel, if Joel said that, then it would have been better, but with Tommy, it's much more believable. Yes, this is now, what, 45-ish years into four, this... Four years. Uh, no, it's about, like, 25 years into this uh, apocalypse. So it's, like, 25 years into... The, yeah, I forgot, it's 20 years later in the first game, and then five from here. It's 25 years later. Everyone should know at this point, people cannot be trusted. Yeah, like, the, first, the whole point of the first game was that the Fireflies weren't, uh, like, this like altruistic entity they were very much for their own goals same thing with the fedra um soldiers in well, the same thing with joel. we we know joel, yeah joel's joel has pretty messed up shit in the past yes and he knows how to handle himself there has probably been plenty of situations where he's been in a situation like this so the fact that he doesn't take any caution is a little annoying i understand the reason he would help her why they're in the cabin blah 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 but there are things he could have done that would have made it a lot more believable. It would have made his death feel at least a little bit more earned. Um, and I, I don't have a problem with 
I know a lot of people do. Um, oh yeah, I, I thought that scene was pretty good. Pretty great for this part, for sure. Abby's goal there is to basically mutilate and humiliate this person, and now she's getting to humiliate him by beating him with a golf club in front of Ellie. I, I, I think it's perfectly justified with what she wanted to do. Um, it, it makes sense, because I, I think a lot of people are are being angry for the reasons that Neil Druckmann and his team wanted you to be angry. So, it, I mean, um, he, he said before in a podcast that um, that when people lashed out when the leaks came out that Joel got beaten with the golf club, he was actually happy because that was what they wanted. They wanted you to be mad. Many times the goal of the game was to make you miserable, and it did make me pretty miserable at times. Yeah, that Not- was... Yeah, that was a pretty rough scene. Even though I, I was spoiled about it before, I, I still was uh, I still jumped, and I was very taken aback when, when that happened. Yeah. Um, and again, the whole plot being based on coincidence, Ellie is on the floor being pinned down. Tommy is beaten over... He's pistol-whipped until he's unconscious. Yeah. They are there, immobile, and they don't kill them. <laughs> like have a story well, they- for ellie it's explained that abby who's the leader of her group of friends basically said that um well it's implied but yeah abby saw that ellie did nothing wrong so she had no reason to kill her and tommy but, but wasn't she- even involved in that so he knows that joel sacrificed all of humanity for her why wouldn't she kill ellie <laughs> I don't feel like her just having a good heart is a good enough excuse for her character to make such a rash decision that will eventually lead to a, a horrible outcome for both of them. <laughs> well, I think also it's uh, it's explained in the scene with her and her father that, you know, Abby would have wanted the procedure done if it was her, for sure. So I think it's that uh, Abby feels bad for Elliot because she had her... And why not just kill Tommy? And then the game has the balls enough to later on pretend to kill Tommy when he should be dead. Then he comes back like, oh, hey, guys, what's up? My eyes a little bent over, but, you know, I only got shot through the head. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. But I think that Ellie sparing Ellie made sense for me, but a little bit less sense for Tommy. But I get it because Tommy wasn't even involved in, in that whole um, hospital thing. <laughs> Pointless too. Like so, and I know this is kind of skipping around here, but there are three separate times in the game where Tommy completely changes his motivation for no reason. In the beginning of the game, he's like, "I want revenge. You should come with me." And then he goes out and seeks it on his own. Halfway through the game, he's like, "I don't want to do this anymore. This is bad." And towards the end of the game, for no reason at all, he comes back to Ellie after she's having a wonderful time in her new life, and he goes, "You need to finish this." Why? <laughs> Why? Do you not see the yeah, happiness? Yeah, I thought that Tommy's whole character inconsistency was very abrupt no, for a lot of it. it. It just didn't make sense. That great of a character, there's a lot of potential with him, but how important he was to the story here was not earned for me at all. And his character motivation just was so out of left field and kept changing all the time. And I was like, all right. Yeah, and, and so, okay, so then Abby kills Joel in front of Ellie, and then Ellie promises that she'll kill every single one of them. Yep. Like, that'll happen. And then... <laughs> she does... She doesn't complete her goal, because the ending, but we'll get to that when we get to that. 
ending a lot, but anyway. I I have I'm conflicted about the ending, but we'll we'll get to it when we get to it. But okay, so then Abby, uh, you know, she does what she does to Joel, and then Ellie is very upset and sad, and so is Tommy. And then they have a talk, and Tommy doesn't want her to come to go after them because she'll die. And then you know Tommy wants to, wants everyone to stay in Jackson and live their life just like how Joel wanted. But then Tommy just up out of nowhere just you know yeets out of Jackson to get revenge, which is again one of the turning points which doesn't make sense. So then you play as Ellie with Dina alongside Seattle in the first open world section of the game. You know just trying to find Abby and her friends to get revenge for Joel. That's another problem I have. You go from this super emotional, hard-hitting scene of watching your... And Joel, okay. And, the, and I saw this in a video, too, and the guy that I watched, I don't remember what video it was, he's completely right. Joel is not a beloved character. Because beloved is like Winnie the Pooh, is how he describes it. Yeah, the answer to that video, too. Yeah, Joel is is uh, a character he's that a people character. like. Everyone wants him, but he's not a good person. So the excuse that people are like, they killed a beloved character, is legitimate well i think the, the character means a lot to a lot of people for sure because he had a big redemption arc from killing joel to immediately after finding rope to get open a gate with ellie and dina like there's no there's no smooth transition to it at all there, yeah, there could have been and then like they joke around a lot and it's just like oh that just doesn't feel right yeah. i don't know because i mean in the game sense like time has passed like a couple weeks have passed for sure but in, in from the player's perspective that's just like right after so for all we know they could have the player would be playing the joel scene and then go right into the the seattle scene so it's just, it's just total whiplash in the seattle scene and you know how like you have to climb that part to get like over the gate yeah and, and dina goes be careful, Ellie, don't fall. Right after she said that I fell, and I thought it was really funny, because you're Ellie screaming, Dina, go, no! That was great. Yeah, the deaths, the deaths in this game are very good. They're very... They're very gruesome. Like, the death, <laughs> the death animations are very good. They're just, they can be funny sometimes. But, okay, so then you go into the Seattle section. This is, like, the big part where the game, you know, the story kind of, like, takes a backseat, and let, the game lets you play around in this big open area, exploring to your heart's content. And... I thought that this this worked very well because the opening two hours were very story focused, you know, to get you into the mood of the story, and I thought it was very earned that the game would actually let you play more. So in a gameplay sense, it makes sense, but the story sense is very, it's very muddled and very, uh, sloppy. But I I do like the the Seattle section in terms of what it does to the player. I did um appreciate the open world aspect of it in that scene. I liked exploring, but I really did want to continue with the story, especially since I just watched. Like I was saying, one of everybody's favorite characters ever just die two hours into your 36-hour-long game. Like, I want to know what's going to happen from here. Um, so I did enjoy the exploring of the gameplay, but I was rather quick in my exploration because I wanted to keep going to see what was going to happen. Yeah. I feel like and then you just you go around with Tina exploring Seattle, and then eventually you... Uh, go into this like underground subway thing, and in the underground subway is one of the best encounters in the game by far with the infected and the wlf in the same room i love this encounter because literally you can just throw a bottle in the middle of the room and just sneak around through the chaos which is i, I love that because it it places the strength of the game as mechanics in terms of stealth 
I, I just I love pitting up the infected with the humans, and it's a shame it only happens twice in the entire game. Oh, another another thing that um we forgot to mention during the gameplay section was how you can break windows now and such. That I thought that was a fantastic mechanic. I like that a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, just just yeah. The gameplay uh it feels it looks scripted, but it feels very like player agent. You know, it feels like you're actually in control, which is great because the animations are fantastic. Just the way everybody moves, because in the first game it was very stiff. You know, Joel moved like a tank. Oh yeah, he's a big boy. <laughs> yeah, but Ellie is much more nimble, and you really feel that. You feel like, like she's really moving around, and the way she like, you know, she dodges into walls and stuff, and like, you know, she puts her hands on the walls to like, you know, break her, her um, her fall or whatever. It's very. I love that because it looks like something you see in a gameplay demo, which is very scripted, and you're like, that's not going to be in the game, and then it ends up being in the game. It's like, that's a nice surprise. I like that. One thing I was a little disappointed in is in the first game during the encounters, you can get punched once, and Joel's nose is bleeding all down his arms and his neck and everything. In this, there was none of that. And I felt in the first one, it really ended. Yeah, there was none of that. Every time we get into a fight scene, I would turn around and look at the front of Ellie, and there was, there was no visible impact of any damage done to her. Felt kind of invincible, and I didn't really like that. In the first game, you saw the consequences of what would happen if you picked the fight. Yeah, and this it really, wasn't. I notice that. I know I noticed it in the first game. But I didn't notice it in the second game. Like I didn't see it that it wasn't there. It's kind of like assumed. I don't know. It's just, and, for a studio um, so known for their attention to detail. That was kind of like a lapse in judgment, I guess. Yeah, and I, this probably goes more into the technical aspect. But again, the musical score from Gustavo Santanoia is incredible. Oh yeah, I mean. My main mm -hmm. issue with the musical score is that it feels like two different people did it because two different people did do it. Yeah. Because it's yeah, Gustavo, like he he kills it in the dramatic parts of the game for sure. When the when the banjo starts hitting, mm, you know it's it's a real it's a real sad epic moment. But um, then in the combat encounters, it's very techno based, very electronic, almost like a Trent Reznor type beat. And that's, I did I did like when you were in the stealth things. It was like blah, like everyone's. I liked that a lot. I thought yeah, that was really. Yeah, because cool. that's that's Matt Quayle who did Mr. Robot, and I'm very familiar with his work because like I love Mr. Robot, and that's I just I knew that was him just by the music I liked, style. I thought it was cool. Yeah, it's that. I mean, I thought that was a little bit inconsistent, but I I like the music is good. Like the actual compositions are fantastic. <clears throat> it could have felt a little bit more cohesive, as if it was one creative vision instead of you know. The dramatic banjo stuff and the uh, super intense electronic stuff. But where were we? Oh yeah, okay. So then Ellie and Tina they they uh, hide in in a, a theater. And oh, you the the weed and the sex. Oh, I forgot about the. Oh yeah. So before <laughs> before uh, Joel gets killed, uh, Ellie and Tina are smoking marijuana and um, they they do some of the nasty together. Again, none of it felt I, pandering at all. I, I do not enjoy the inclusion of in this game. And well, okay, okay, okay. So we'll get to that when we get to that. I know what you're talking about. We'll get to that. But with Ellie and Dina, it was it wasn't no. even explicit. It was just you know they just had a, they were just alone together. I I didn't think it was bad with Ellie and Dina. Like against what they're showing, it's just. Very out of left field, especially Naughty Dog has such a. They're, they're super, super. Um, what's the word? What am I looking for? Um, censorship when it comes to nudity in Naughty Dog is like to the T. Like you show anything, Naughty Dog won't let it in their game. And the 
The fact that there are two sex scenes in this game, and one of them where there's full frontal nudity, which we'll get to later, is just so abrupt to me and felt so out of left field and just so unnecessary. And I was shocked. And it once again feeds into Naughty Dog constantly contradicting themselves and basically everything they do. Well, I didn't see it as that. I thought of it as more of like out of place in the story. But I, I think I don't really mind if Naughty Dog is embracing more mature themes in their games. So I think games should be allowed to push those boundaries. But I just I thought in this game, half of it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the two sex scenes, half of them did not work for me. I see some Ellie titties, so that's okay. <laughs> hey, she's she's nineteen. It's okay. We can say that. So okay, so then they they okay, so we'll go back to the theater. They they bunker down, and then you find out Dina's pregnant with Jesse's child, and you're like, "What? That's crazy." Um, we'll get we'll get we'll get onto the pregnancy stuff later on because I think it gets really stupid later on with pregnancy as a theme. In it. Yeah, there's a lot of pregnancies in this game. <laughs> If I had a nickel for every pregnancy in this game, I'd have two, which isn't a lot, but that's weird that it happened twice. Apocalypse, I don't understand. They do it in this, they do it in a quiet place. Don't have babies in the apocalypse. Yeah, man, <laughs> just, just let, let the infected, you know, don't infect your children. But, yeah, so they bunker down, and then Ellie's all, like, she replaces every, she, she sets up her old, like, whole Pepe Sylvia setup, where she has these red tape, these red lines and everything. And then you cut to Seattle Day 2. No, wait, wait, no, you cut, like a hard cut, and then you go into the best scene in the game. You flash back to Ellie on her birthday with Joel in the museum. And this is the pinnacle of the game. Com like, completely serious, this is my favorite part of the game. It's what everybody wanted. It should have been the intro to the game. It really should have. Everybody wanted another Joel and Ellie adventure where they can further develop their characters. Instead, what we got was something completely different. And I think that's the main reason people are hating on this game. If the entire game were like the flashbacks I'm talking about, people would have loved it. But I'm, gl I'm happy Naughty Dog and Neil Druckmann tried to do something new. Whether or not it yeah. was the player. But we'll talk about that later. once we finish up with the story. We'll talk about how this game subverted our expectations. Because I have a lot to say about that too. So yeah, then the whole like scene in the museum... Especially with the scene in the space shuttle, was it's just fantastic. I love it. Great writing all around. Great acting from Ashley Johnson, Troy Baker, as usual. Cinematography. Yeah, great cinematography as well. It was just a great, great moment between these two characters that we love. And and then you you cut back to the, to the revenge plot in the present, and then you go to Seattle Day Two, where oh god I forgot. Um, oh yeah, you go into this like town area to find. Abby, and then okay, this is where we can go into a little bit of the false marketing because in the in the marketing it was showing that in this area you would meet up with Joel, which obviously isn't the case because he's dead. So you meet up with Jesse, who says the same line as Joel in the trailer, which I don't know how to feel about that because like I get that they wanted to hide that Joel gets you know he gets a hole in one, but also it just it feels very misleading that they would. Make it seem as Joel was in the whole game when he. I put it. together a theory when the trailers came out of what happens in the ski lodge in the story trailer, and my my main theory that I had was the person that attacks Ellie in the trailer was a digital double. I kept telling that to myself, and I was like, "It's going to be a big twist. That's going to be someone that we've met before." Blah blah blah, and I was right about the digital double aspect of the game, but I was wrong about everything else. I don't really appreciate how we, as an audience, was just straight lied to. 
and I feel, and I don't, I don't really think it was for the artistic value of the game to try to hide the story from us. I think it was because they knew people weren't going to play it. And that's why when the leaks came out, they were like, oh, this is really what we're getting into? I'm not going to buy this anymore. We are straight up lied to. There are so many scenes in the game that are in the trailer that are altered. Joel's appearance is so much older than it actually is because it's mainly flashbacks in the game. I, I get what they were trying to do, but I can't help but feel like they were doing it for the sole purpose of marketing. Well, I, I have an example that I'm going to give later on about where that false marketing type of that we saw with The Last of Us 2 works. So I'll, I'll get into that later on once we finish up with the story synopsis. So then... You go around with Jesse, who is just becoming more and more unlikable by the minute, because he just he just does some dumb things. I, I don't like Jesse. I thought when he split off, it was kind of stupid, but I don't mind him all that much. He's alright. I, I mean, I don't hate him. I just thought he was very underdeveloped. He's a very undercooked character for me. Yeah. So then you go around, and then um, you go back, and then Gina and Jesse have their whole uh, reunion, and then... Jesse's little like she's pregnant, right? And then you're like, what? He knows that that's his child. Oh my god. Nothing really comes of it. It's he, he gets killed like before anything can happen. So then at nighttime comes around, then you go after Nora, and Nora is like the whole going after Nora part is probably my favorite encounter in the game because this is how was- open that hospital area is. It's far one of my favorite encounters, besides the infected one I said before. But once you go after Nora, it leads to like one of the more brutal scenes in the game. Even though it doesn't show anything, it's just it's very brutal that Ellie, this very innocent but deadly character from the first game, is just lost everything that made her innocent and is just just murdering people. For, um... I don't really think that was the that scene. Um, I think it was very much trying to show how much Ellie has taken away from and how kind of kept her intact. But now that He's gone. She's picking up all of the stuff that he left behind when it comes to survival tactics. It's very reminiscent of the scene in the first game where he has, where Joel has those two people held captive, trying to find Ellie in the winter section and beats them with the pipe. Yeah, I feel kind of embracing everything that she's learned and she's becoming more like Joel. Yeah, I, I can see that. I, I just I saw it as more as like Ellie was losing her losing her humanity by yeah, committing such acts of violence against people. So then Nora gets Scott, and then that's day two, and then. Day three comes around, and day three is all about going to the aquarium to find Abby. And then this is kind of like the natural climax of the game, how it feels like it's building up to. Okay, so you're going to the aquarium, you're going to fight Abby, big final boss fight, happy ending, right? So then you go to the aquarium, it's a long stretch of gameplay, there's some boat sections, the boat sections are all right, you know, nothing to write home about. And then you go to the aquarium, you kill a dog, which I don't Great thing in the world, though. So then you go to the aquarium, then you find Owen and Mel, who I, I hate Mel. I'll go into that when we get to the Abby section, but I, I hate Mel. She's just stores. Even though she's voiced by one of my favorite actresses, Ashley Birch, who I loved in Horizon. I just, I don't like how they how they handled Mel in this game. But, um, so then you go and then you, you, you brutally, so then you add, you do the Joel thing where he, you know, you point at a map to tell where they are. And then she ends up killing both of them. And then she finds out Mel is pregnant, and then she just loses her crap. I love that scene. That was a great scene, except for the part where she left the map there. That because led to her location. any scene with Abby in the entirety of the game, it shows that a likable character can have any emotional consequences to their actions. 
Abby never once feels emotional consequences to her actions. So how are you supposed to like a character that is just a fridge of a woman that does emotion? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. We'll talk about that more when we get to the Abby section of the game. So then, uh, you do you do that. Tommy comes comes in and is like, "No, it's okay. You murdered a pregnant woman, but it's alright. You know, we'll just come back. It's okay." So and you're just and, and another coincidence where he just leaves the map. Yeah, that, that's what I'm talking about. Like he leaves the map there, which okay for Ellie, I get because she's having a like an emotional breakdown after murdering a pregnant woman. But Tommy, Tommy's been here since the beginning, man. He should not be this careless with leaving a map like that. That leads directly to their location. Random strangers that you haven't even checked back home. He's annoying, dude. <laughs> yeah. So then they go back to the theater. They're chilling. You know, they're having a big celebration of what or whatnot about like, oh, it's gonna be all right. And then, uh, so then Abby comes in. She takes Tommy hostage, and like puts him on the ground, pistol whips him, and then Jesse runs out and gets murdered in the most unceremonious way. It was so funny. <laughs> It's like it's like that scene. I don't know if you've seen this movie called Burn After Reading. Yeah, yeah, where, where Brad Pitt gets gets killed like on so unceremoniously by um George Clooney. But but it's it's really well done in Burn After Reading. Yeah, because that's that's the point of the movie. It's it's it's, it's hilarious comedy. Yeah, here in this movie, in this in this game, it was just kind of let's get rid of this character that really served no purpose. Yeah, I just the only reason Jesse is here is to give Tina a reason to be pregnant. Really, you you. Do not forget the death of a character that you love. The saddest thing to me is when a character dies in something and you immediately forget about it. Yeah, obviously. Like, like Joel's death is impactful because that sets you off in the game and it puts the player in the right mindset to go get revenge. Because as a player, you're attached to Joel and you don't want to see him killed, but when he does get killed, you want revenge against the people that killed him. That That's <laughs> from the player sense. So then... Abby has Ellie at gunpoint and is like, we gave you the second chance, blah, 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 a big dramatic moment. And they're like, okay, so we're going to fight Abby right now. It's going to happen. And then he cuts. <laughs> a hard cut to black. And then it flashes back to um, the hospital scene from the first game, but from Abby's perspective this time. Ooh, she was there. Which I saw coming from a mile away, to be honest. When when she had a beef with Joel, I was like, it's because the hospital thing, wasn't it? I thought it was just because I sacrificed all of humanity and could have been a cure. That could have been that, but like I don't know. I just I figured that there had to be some some bigger reason to that. So I just I kind of saw coming that Abby was involved somewhat with the um the hospital events the first game, which it was. I liked the uh the twist with her dad. I thought that was kind. Of oh, cool. Yeah, that was great because it wasn't that the the story killed him. It was that you killed him as Joel in the first game. You just didn't know about mm -hmm. it. Which I like that. So then you you do these Wait, these, these flashbacks. The doctor in the first game that you have to kill to save Ellie is Abby's dad in the second game. Just, just to clarify. So yeah, then you, you flashback as Abby, and this is the part where I was kind of in denial. I was like, oh, we're going to play with Abby again? Okay, so that, that's all right. You know, just a little bit of backstory for Abby. And then it ended up being the rest of the game. Ten hours later, yeah. did you know? Ten hours later. It's just, oh, God. I, I'm going to be honest. I did not like the Abby sections. I was, I was The reason I beat the game so fast is because I was rushing to the Abby sections because I wanted to go back to Ellie. That was that was the reason I beat it so fast. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was playing like as Abby for like eight hours straight on Saturday, like up oh, until like until three in the morning. And it was just it was a slog, man, because the gameplay is the same. They play pretty much identically, but the reason there are two reasons I don't like playing as Abby or the switch to Abby is because it happens. Well, three reasons actually. Reason number one, it happens at the very climax of the game, so it's like you're you're cheated from that big moment that's supposed to happen that you were promised from the beginning of the game, pretty much. And then 
the second reason is because you have to start over from a gameplay perspective so it doesn't work because you you spent all this time building up ellie to be you know this powerhouse this this ninja warrior whatever you may have and then you have to then when i open up the backpack i saw that El, that abby had a whole ass skill tree and i was like i have to restart which is so soul crushing that you have to restart with all your upgrades enjoy the uh, reasoning for you playing as Abby. I like how the game tries to make you feel as if these people you see as heroes are the real villains of the story, like Joel and Ellie. Yeah, I thought on, that was... yeah on paper, it works. It, it, it sounds I mean, like a good idea, for sure, on paper. So much better than yeah. what they did. And my third reason the... is that what you said before is that Abby uh, is an unlikable character because she never feels remorse for what she did to Joel, even though other people tell her to that she went too far. Mm. Which is the big thing, because if to anything, yeah, there's any amount of emotions when Ellie kills her dog, and that, that's it. There's no other time. Yeah, and then like with Ellie, at least you see the you see the pain in her character as she does all these awful things to these these people. She's pregnant and has a full on panic attack and is hysterically crying, and like you see the emotional consequence. Yeah, with Abby, she's like she's just chilling. She she murdered Joel brutally, but like. Even though everyone's telling her that she should feel bad for that or that she went too far, she doesn't care. Yeah. That's that's my main that's like the main story reason why I just I don't like Abby. Like the playing. I enjoy what they did. And it's my it's biggest my biggest issue with the whole game is it would have been a fantastic story and a fantastic game if they stuck to the same story outline but did it completely differently. If they told it told it chronologically, if they change some character motivations around, it would have been fantastic. But the fact that they chose the non-linear storytelling devices that they did, and just the way everything was presented, makes you not really care. Like, you're introduced to Abby after she kills Joel. So you as the player, you're like, I hate this girl. I want exactly. her dead. Exactly. You want revenge against exactly. people. And then once Anytime you put into those shoes... You're like, no, you killed my favorite character. <laughs> exactly. And then you see this in a lot of live streams, too, with a bunch of people playing the game. They hate the WLF members. They hate Abby's friends. Even if they're, even if they're, they as the audience are told that these people aren't so bad. You just you hate them intrinsically because of what they did to Joel. Especially with Manny, they try to flesh out Manny so they tried so hard to make Manny a likable character. But the fact it's just the simple fact that he spit on Joel after he died and called him a pendejo, it just ruins everything. Like they try to make him like this guy. Oh, he likes to get drunk and watch anime, you know whatnot. But like. When he gets shot by Tommy later on in the game, it's like you don't feel anything. In fact, you feel you feel overjoyed because he 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 disrespected Joel. So that that's my thing because, as a player, you are for ten hours you are told to hate these people, which is just it's it's too long to make you go back and be like oh maybe it's more nuanced than that. But it, you're just you're no. just you're just programmed to hate these people. It's a series of events. In its best moments are told in flashbacks, and the whole game just tries to make you think it's more important than it actually is. Yeah, so then Abby goes through, through the three days mess- in Seattle. But, except, what I don't like about these three days is that they have nothing to do with Ellie's story. You don't you don't ever see Ellie's carnage in a different perspective. You never. That's what they should have done, That's what they should have done, really. It's so good. Wait, you like that they didn't... Cross-pass. No, it would have it would have been so good. Yeah, it would have been fantastic. Because the whole point they're trying to get past, as you're playing as Abby, is you're seeing violence and despair of Ellie, 
looked at from someone on the outside that doesn't know Ellie's past, and it's terrifying. But the fact that they don't show any of it is stupid. I think what would have been really cool is like a survival horror type section where you're in the hospital playing as Abby while she's going after you, and then you have to like hide away. He's like Ellie's like this invincible. Um, insta-kill, like, one-hit-kill boss-type character, you have to just avoid her, that would have been a really cool moment. Because it would have basically been you going up against the unstoppable force being yourself, in a way, and it would have actually made you feel something that, oh, maybe what I do in the game is actually, you know, has these effects on these characters. But you never have that moment. The one saving grace for Abby's section is Yara and Lev. I thought those were very interesting characters. And also, yeah. I thought Owen, to an extent, was the most likable of the WLF members, but... Um, yes. The most fleshed out. Yeah, he's, he's by far the most fleshed out, so by default, it he's was, the most likable. It was Lev and... What was the other girl? Yara and Lev. Mm-hmm. Yara. Um, my biggest issue with Yara is how there's an entire two-hour-long mission of you trying to find medicine for this girl, and right after, she gets blown to smithereens, and the entirety of it was pointless. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Well, that's day two, so let's just, let's go to day one real quick. Day one is just a walking simulator. That's it. And it has one of the stupidest choices in the entire game. It is that they bring Mel, a woman who is like eight months pregnant, with her on this super dangerous mission to get supplies. Why would you... like you? And it's like not like they're understaffed or anything. The WLF has a bunch of members, so why are they risking a pregnant... A, a very, very late-term pregnant woman in this super dangerous scenario? There's tension. <laughs> it's not even like she's the only medic. It's it's clear that even they have their own med bay. They could probably spare a medic or two. They do say that she's the best of the best. But like, <laughs> I mean, surgery wise, yeah, sure. But like, when you're treating a gunshot as first aid, you don't need the best. The best. You just need someone who's competent, really. So I I didn't I didn't like that. Then there would have been no way for them to save the girl. Whatever. Why am I forgetting her name? Oh, Yara. Yeah, there would have been no way for them to say Yara. Well, no, Mel would have been hiding out in the aquarium mm-hmm. nonetheless with Owen. So, oh, yeah. Or so, yeah, her tagging along in day one was pointless and just didn't make sense for her characters, which is... And, and the fact that she insisted so much on it was kind of one of the reasons that I don't like Mel because of how s- stupid she is, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term. So then day one happens, um, you go... Uh, is that day two or... Oh, I forgot. Oh yeah, day one ends with um, you going after Owen in to the um, to the Seraphites, and that's when you get captured and you meet Yara and Lev, who are very interesting characters. They're very well written characters, and they also are they serve as a way to shed light on the Seraphites, which I love, because there is this this new faction of of jungle worshippers or whatever, and seeing that through the eyes of two. Um, Two traders of that was very interesting. I thought that maybe if Ellie actually went more, if Ellie's story went after the Seraphites more, then it would have been really cool because you know you would have seen the two perspectives. But it just the way it is now, it's just Yara and Lev are two cool characters in a vacuum, but really mean nothing in the greater narrative. Yara. Yeah, I mean Yara gets gets <sighs> her death scene is brutal. But, eh. <laughs> so yeah, you you end uh, day two. Or day one, like that. You go to. You go to the aquarium to rest up, and this is when the worst scene in the game happens at the end of day one, I think. Yeah. 
this is when Abby is in the aquarium. She's looking for Owen. She finds Owen in the yacht or the the boat that's that's um oh. there, and then they start talking and just out of nowhere they just start start going at it. Look at the angry sound. It's it's like those like cringy moments in, in the movie where two characters are, are arguing and then they're like, oh, I love you, and then they kiss and they start having sex. It's just. It's the only time I've ever done is Bojack <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah, because that's Bojack. Bojack is a very promiscuous character who does that as a way to cope with the suppression. Oh, it was Diane and Mr. Peanut Butter. Yeah. Yeah, sitting with Diane and Mr. Peanut Butter because they're both very broken people. Who mm-hmm. have been shown that relationship before, and it, it works because it's fleshed out more there. But it was here, just like, you're, you're was pretty much just told mm-hmm. that Abby and Owen had a relationship before. You're, you're like you really don't see a whole lot of it. Mm-hmm. And then they start they start going at it, and it's it's so out of place. And I wouldn't have a problem with it if it meant something to the story. But no, Owen's like, hey, I want to talk about last night, and then Abby dismisses it, and it's never mentioned again. Yeah, it's just. I don't have a mo- I don't have a problem with there being nudity in any games. I don't really have a problem with there being sex in any games. But if it has to mean something to the story, or else it's just there. No, I, I don't either. I just don't understand why Naughty Dog yet again contradicts himself and they're like, "Hey, we're not gonna have any nudity or anything in our games, but come play Last of Us Two, where there's a full frontal random sex scene for literally no reason that makes no sense in the story. It wouldn't matter for anything." Yeah, the only good thing to come out of that scene were, was like the memes because people have have drawn like fan art drawings of like different characters for every frame of that scene and it's so funny like i'll yeah. show you the video after but it's it's hilarious oh. and and also there's a conspiracy theory that neil Druckmann mocapped as um as owen in that scene oh no that's <laughs> i don't believe it though because neil Druckmann. i don't i don't think that that happened because that usually never happens in any any games i think they're all actors. I'm to talk about when we get to ellie's return because that's when i like it a lot yeah, so then, alright, so then they have that sex scene, day two happens, and then you go after, go out into the hospital to find some meds for Yara, because she, uh, she got her, her arm bashed in by some seraphites. Clipped her wings. Yeah, they clipped her wings. So then, you go into the hospital from day two, from Ellie's part, and then you're like, whoa, that's, that's the PS Vita girl. Whoa, she's alive. And, and she is just really stupid and try to kill... Ellie, even though she had a knife to her throat, but you know what? We'll just we'll just disregard that for now. And then, are you talking about the Abby versus Ellie scene? No, no, I'm talking about the Ellie when Ellie has you know that girl with the PS Vita in the day two segment, where she's playing a game by the yeah 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 that was just a dumb scene because like why would you pull a knife on someone who has a knife to your throat, dude? Anyways, so yeah, Abby goes down to the basement level, and this is probably like the best part of Abby's story for me, because it has this this super tense encounter with this big fella, this big infected fella who has like, who's like this conjoined twin of an infected, and I, I love it. I, I like that boss encounter. I just thought the only thing I didn't like about it was how much running away it involved. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, was, the whole... it was very run and gun. You just you had to take a shot and then run. Yeah, but I love that. that. For sure. Back from boredom that is playing as Abby for first. Yeah, it was like when the game didn't, you know, stop and destroy the pacing and actually let me play the game that I bought. But it's also worth noting this is like the only other new infected besides the uh, the Shambler 
it makes the stalkers a lot more prevalent and scarier to me, I thought. Yeah, because you couldn't see them through listen mode anymore. Yeah, that was, that was cool. I liked that a lot. Um, but besides that, really, the shamblers are just like a more powerful version of the bloater. That, I just called them bloaters the whole time. I, I, yeah, there's really not a whole lot differentiating them besides that they they can like they ooze out supports every time you shoot them. That's that's really it. Super annoying. Yeah, I'm and then then the 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 conjoined twin fella. He's he's the only other new guy in the in the Freya infected, and he's at, he's actually pretty great design. He's pretty he's scary. He's spooky boy. Yeah, and then so then you finish that, you get the meds over to Yara, and then. Uh, that's the end of day two. And from that point on to the very end, I no, played. No, no, wait, wait, I, I, I forgot a part. Uh, the real end of day two is when you're. Oh no, 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 wait. Never mind. Keep going. That's the end no, of day two. I was just saying a random thing. I, I started. Uh, I, I couldn't sleep one night. Um, and I woke up at six in the morning. From six in the morning, I played the rest of the game until like one p.m. That's from, when you finish from... it. What? That's when you finish it? Yeah, I played it from, from the boss fight to the end in one six AM to one PM. Jesus, that's yeah. that's some dedication. But yeah, okay, so then, yeah, you bring the meds to Yara and then that's the end of day two. And then Mel the day three starts and then Mel is all like, You're a bad person. Go away. Which is which is probably the most reasonable thing she does because Abby is a pretty terrible person. <laughs> Yeah, who feels no remorse for anything that she does. Like, like she, they try to redeem her with Yara and Lev, but it's just, it's too little too late, to be honest. Yeah. So then, uh, you walk around with Yara, because Lev is angry, because he doesn't want to go to Santa Barbara with Owen to find the new Fireflies. Like, so then he leaves, and then you go to the docks to get a boat to go to the Seraphite Island, which is like, um, northern Seattle, I think, in like, real world geography. And that's I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, the, the, the Seraphite Island was awesome. I love that part. So that's then, funny. How did I get these scars? And, yeah, you know. yeah, that's, that's, that's probably like the most gruesome moment in video game history. But then you you meet up with Manny, and he's all like, there's a sniper, watch out. And then you're dodging the sniper, and then there's this big segment, and then Manny gets shot in the head, and it's like, I don't care, man. As I said before, I don't care about Manny. I, I just couldn't. Neil Trunkman. Oh yeah! At first, when I, when the when the game first flashed over to Abby in the intro, and it and I saw this guy with a beard and ponytail, I was like, is that new drugman? <laughs> is, that, is that a self insert? But it's no, like no, it's it's a it's actually based on the actor who plays him. Mm. So, yeah. okay. <laughs> uh, no, I wish I had the name right now, but no, it's actually based on the actor. So he gets shot and killed. Then you find out that the sniper was Tommy, and. Then Tommy just runs away to the aquarium, I guess, to meet up with Ellie. So then you as Abby go off with, with Yara to the Seraphite Island to find Lev. And this is this is a fantastic segment from start to finish because it starts off very simple with a, a simple like stealth encounter with the Seraphites, which are still terrifying as ever. Especially mm -hmm. more since they're in greater numbers and they... I died a lot in the segment, to be honest, because they are just so aggressive, and you are just you have no weapons. I'd just like to say I got a trophy for hidden headshots. Just want to say, because that crossbow was a sexy weapon. I was hitting only headshots with that man. I love that gun so much. 
I remember that I died so much because I just I was so low health from the the Tommy sniper section, and the game did not give me a health kit until like after we got to Lev. So mm -hmm. I was just like at one hit death for most of that. So ungrounded. It wasn't even grounded. It was medium. No, I know. I'm just saying it's like you're playing ungrounded. Pretty much, yeah. So then you you find Lev. Lev finds out that his mom tried to kill him because he betrayed her. His mom is like their mom is like a super uh like fanatic for the Zerophyte religion. And then uh Lev kills his mom in self defense. And then you you start to head I like out. I like that part. I like I like that part because it shows it, it gives Lev a reason to let go of the Seraphites. Once again, emotional consequences. Something Abby does not have. Exactly, and it's not even like it's very it's very reactive. It's just it's it happens without Abby's input, so it's it feels less impactful than it could have. But yeah, but it has. Whereas everything Abby does has no impact. Exactly. Yeah. For sure. Be, uh, yeah, Abby just never faces the consequences for anything throughout the whole game. At all. So yeah, then you head off with Lev and Yara and into the forest to escape. And then you find Isaac, the big bad leader of the Dive Eleven. Like, what are you doing here? And she's like, oh, I'm saving these scars from from the, the, the bad people. And he's like, step aside, I'm going to kill him. And then she's like, no. And then uh, Yara gets shot. And she she falls down, and then you know, she Abby's like, "Don't kill Lev," blah blah blah, and then Yara comes back from the dead to shoot at Isaac, like shoot Isaac in the head, and then she gets lit up by the entire WF. Which yeah, is, like a bunch of guns. <laughs> yeah, and then um they they escape into like this section, and it's just like. I don't know how to feel about this because Abby is like murdering her friends throughout this entire section. Because like everyone, everyone. Well, again, you're supposed to now like her because she's murdering the quote-unquote bad guys that killed your favorite character. But then again, the reactions of the WLF don't support that because WLF is very much like, "Oh, you were our friend and whatever." So it's just, it feels it feels very disingenuous from my perspective with that. I, I, just, I yeah. So then you escape the Surfer Island in this fantastic set piece, which is like uncharted levels of like over the top at times with, with this like burning island and just yeah. things are blowing up, things are falling over. You have a boss fight with this guy. You give him give him some scars on his face, makes make him the Joker, and then you escape. And and then uh, you find you come back to the aquarium, and then you find out that um, Owen and uh, Mel are brutally murdered. And the puppy, you can't forget. Oh yeah, the yeah, and and the puppy and the dog, of course. Uh, Alice, rest in peace. Alice Murder is the most likable WLF member by far. Even with no dialogue, she was the most yeah. likable one. So then Abby finds a map that leads her all the way to the theater, and she's like, "I want revenge now." And then this is another one of the worst parts of the game where you have to fight Ellie, which I did not like. <laughs> See, again, if if the game was told differently, and if the whole thing was, oh, you're watching your heroes basically be villains from a different perspective, it would have worked. But yeah. because you did nothing of that sort, you're now playing as someone you hate, beating up another favorite character. <laughs> like, you do not want to fight Ellie. Exactly. Because... You hope Abby loses. Every time you die, you're like, yay! Yeah, I remember <laughs> I, I, I messed up the section and Abby got shot in the face with a shotgun. I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's just end the game there. Yeah. 
So that it's just what I don't because if you got to see Ellie's carnage from Abby's point of view, then it would have been better because if Ellie were built up as a villain throughout all of Abby's campaign, then it would have worked. But but it's not. So then you fight Ellie in and then uh you know you get the upper hand and then you almost kill Dina in a very very cold hearted way, like I don't, it's just... That's the other problem. You're again, no emotional consequence. You watch Ellie kill a pregnant woman, and she goes, she has a panic attack, and you feel for her. Abby is about to slice the throat open of a pregnant woman, and Ellie goes, don't do it, she's pregnant. Ellie goes, good. Like, how are you supposed to like this character? Exactly. It's... <sighs> So then, that's the end of Abby's story. She she just goes away, tells Ellie she never wants to see her ever again, and then you flash forward to like a year later. Tina had the kid. Ellie and Dina are are married, I think, or like they're just living together in this house in the fields. It was very nice. Like yeah. the if they ended the game with okay, so then Ellie goes into the farm to uh, ring up some sheep, and then are a you shovel. Saying here? What, what what was that? You're saying they should end the game here because I completely disagree. No, wait, wait. Let me get to it. So then, um, then a shovel, uh, or something like falls over and it creates this like metal like ding sound and then it it flashes back. It it basically shows that Ellie has PTSD from Joel's which like. death, which I love. I love that part. Honestly, they should have ended the game there because it would have shown that Ellie, you know, became a much uh, moved on from the revenge, but not. So much to where she's, you know, whole again. She still has that PTSD. And it would have been a nice cliffhanger for a part three. You know? Reyes is not what the game is about. I know it's not, but that's what I would have loved to see. Because that, that would that would have been more more hopeful than the game, the ending we got. It's like the last two episodes of BoJack Horseman. Where the second basically is the ending. And the final one is what you want. As pretty, the- pretty much, yeah. <laughs> ending here what we all want to see the real ending is what actually happens and it's yeah. great so then tommy comes back for no reason and he's like look this is a woman yeah. just built like an ox you know she's just ripped she, she she she's in santa barbara and then ellie's like no she does she does a reasonable thing by saying no like i'm done with this i'm past this i don't <laughs> want this my favorite thing um oh wait we haven't gone to it yet but when ellie fights someone and the guy goes Got arms like mine when he's harvesting Abby and flexes on her. I thought it was good. Wait, wait, what do you mean? I mean, it's later on in the game, but when, when Ellie takes down one of the guys and asks where Abby is, and he's like, the big girl, she's got arms like mine, right? And then he flexes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that was funny. So, yeah, then, um, okay, so yeah, then Ellie's like, no, I don't want to do this, and they, spend, they sleep on it, and then she's all like, I have to do this. I can't quit this. Which I like that part because it just shows that Ellie is just such a broken character. Like, she just, she has nothing else going for her. Even though on paper she does. She has a kid. She has uh, a girlfriend or wife or whatever. She has a farm. But deep down, she she doesn't, she's not a whole. She's still, cling, she's still clinging on to that, what happened in the ski lodge. You know? I would have liked that without the inclusion of Tommy once more. Yeah, without I think it could have worked without Tommy's involvement. To do it by a random character motivation that makes no sense. Yeah. Would have... I think that it, it could have worked with just the PTSD episode, which you played, which you actually got to play, which would have been better for the player. 
to kind of grasp because you experienced that PTSD with Ellie. So I think it, it would have worked without Tommy nonetheless. But then you head out to Santa Barbara and then you, the, you play as Abby for a bit. She gets captured by some, some slavers and then Lev gets like get Lev gets sucker punched in the face. It gets his head hit against the uh, like a like a garage door, and it's so funny. I just say from from the fake out ending on to like to the very end, I loved. I think the 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 times where I thought I was gonna give the game a seven was from the fake out ending to the very end. Um, but then when you put everything else into perspective, it's like eh. But um. I, in my opinion, easily the best part of the whole game for me was from this moment on to the very end. Yeah, I, I I would say I would say the epilogue ending is pretty good for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it dragged a bit for sure because it's just the awful pacing and the beat in the, oh, the rest of the game. We'll get to it. Yeah. So then, then you play as Ellie on the pursuit for Abby. It's like about a month later after she gets captured by the slavers, and then. You, you you go through some rat lyrics. By the way, one of them is voiced by Logic. I I, I saw on IMDb that Logic was credited. Yeah, by Logic. Um, like the rapper, like one of the Rattlers was voiced by Logic. Apparently, like. I also just want to say, um, I thought the okay. See, I really liked the last act of the game, dude. The Rattlers to me were so much more interesting and enjoyable than any other group we experienced the entire game. Like, it's just a shame they're so underdeveloped. I thought that. But what would be cooler is that if in the you... last hour, and that's it. Yeah. Like, just another faction thrown in there. I thought what would have been cooler was that if the Seraphites migrated down to Santa Barbara and, like, had a little bit of the, of the, um, the Rattlers thrown in, like, the Seraphites were slavers now, that would have been cooler. I, I thought the Rattlers were really, really interesting. I liked them a lot. I wanted to know so much more, and they were just so underdeveloped. So yeah, then you fight you some some nameless, faceless guys, and then you go into the 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 heart of where they are, and you see that they have like they have runners and clickers tied up to chains and whatever. And I also thought it was really cool. Yeah, how they just have them as pets. That was pretty. That was a cool touch. Rattlers. <laughs> Again, the rattlers are so underdeveloped, but they had such, they look so cool on paper. So then you as Ellie fight through them, you free some of their slaves, and then she's like, oh, that woman, that buff woman, she's over there. And then you see Abby in just the worst state. Like, Abby and Lev are both, like, crucified. They're, they're, they're pretty much on death doors. And... Like, like, barely fed anything, or hair's been yeah. cut off. So then, uh, yeah, uh, you cut down Abby, and then she cuts down Lev, and then they, you both get on a boat. And then Ellie's like, I can't. I can't leave it at this. And then they have this 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 brutal fist fight in the water. With I mean it's it's brutal man like like Abby gets stabbed in the in the arm with Ellie switchblade and then Ellie gets her fingers like chewed off by Abby. It's brutal. It's brutal stuff. So then Ellie's about to kill a child and then Abby Abby just fights Ellie to protect Lev which feels Again, it feels very undercooked because I you get just a you get like one eighth of the relationship buildup that you got with Joel and Ellie with Lev and Abby, so it just doesn't feel as impactful for me. So well, Lev is is just a Ellie and Joel stand in Lev and Abby's relationship. Yeah, yeah, but I just think it's not nowhere near as developed as yeah. as it was in the first game because again, you had the whole game to develop that. So then, yeah, mm-hmm. Abby. So then, Ellie is about to drown Abby, and then she flashes back to Joel. And she's like, I can't do this. 
And at first, it's like, at first, I hated it. Yeah, I thought it was a really cliche, um, oh, this is, I can't do this because of him. But the scene that follows right after made it great. Yeah, so at first I was like, this doesn't make sense because Joel is the reason she's doing this. So why would she flash back to Joel? If, if you wanted to justify it, why don't you just flash back to Dina? Because that would have made sense, mm-hmm. you know? But then after, you know, Abby and Lev, they leave. By the way, Abby's infected, so she's probably going to die soon anyways. So, um, yeah, she, she they, yeah, they leave, they go off somewhere. Uh, and then <laughs> Ellie's just there in the ocean, just like wallowing her sins. When did Abby get um, it's, they said that in, in the, when you freed the slavers, they said that she was infected and she'd have, that she didn't have long to live. So that's probably why they, she had, she was crucified. So yeah. Abby's I infected. didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah. They don't, they don't, you don't show, you don't see a bite or anything. You just, you just told a uh, very briefly by a throwaway line that, uh, <laughs> she's infected. So take that as you will. So then. <laughs> Uh, Abby, Ellie is just there in the ocean. Then it cuts back to uh, she's going back to the farm. You know, she she lost her tooth, uh, her ring and index finger, and her ring and pinky finger on her left hand. So you know, you zoom in on that. Pretty gruesome stuff. And then you go back to the house, and then everyone's gone. Dina left Ellie, which is just heartbreaking for me. Uh, even though I mean, uh, say what you will about Dina, but that was that was brutal, man. That that whole like going back to the house and just seeing everything empty with the guitar. That was empty. And then you play uh the Pearl Jam song from the beginning on the guitar. You flash back to Ellie talking to Joel about how you gotta keep in mind you attempt to play the Pearl Jam song. Yeah, but you, you can't because you, you don't have your fingers. That's the main thing that Ellie held on to from Joel was her guitar playing skills. She even said she's gonna teach her a new son that she doesn't have anymore to play guitar when he gets older, but now she can't. Which now the memory of Joel... Yeah, the last thing she had of Joel has been ripped away from her. From her own doing. Yeah, and not only that, now she has no no one in her life anymore. Yeah, like it's, she, it's a downer of an ending, but... Her or liked her has died. Yeah, so what I... Okay, so what I think saves the whole Abby being spared thing is that you fly back to Joel... And they're talking about forgiveness, about forgiving others, even though no matter what they've done is awful or like trying to forgive. And that's where I think it goes full circle because it shows that Ellie learns to forgive Abby for what she did to Joel because. Even it's not about revenge, about forgiveness. Yeah, because if you think about it from Abby's perspective, Joel was this asshole who killed her father. I think, and then Ellie did the same thing. She was going to do the same thing, but she, she wanted to be. She wanted to, to be the better person. I love the ending. I, the ending makes the game for me. I, I hated it at first. I, I didn't like it. But then I just I thought about more about that whole flashback with Joel and how it recontextualizes uh, everything that happened at Santa Barbara. And I was like, you know, this works. I, I have this. I really watched the ending like eight times. I really like it. it. And a lot of people are really upset with it. Um, I like it a lot. I don't really... Um, I mean, it does suck to see one of the most three-dimensional characters in storytelling history just kind of be completely forgotten, in a sense. What, you, mean, just, you mean Ellie? She's just... Yeah. She's, like, yeah, she's like, left with nothing. It's just done. And, like, it does suck, but... Sucks. 
You don't need a happy ending again, like Bojack Horseman, dude. This, you don't. Yeah, this is a world where happy endings don't happen. Yeah, um, and I like that a lot. It does suck to see Ellie now in this state in the final shot of her walking. She, she off needs the, a guitar too, so like she. Just... Her memory of Joel lingering in the foreground, um, but. And then it just cuts to black. And I, I really, I really, really hope they don't. I know they're going to. And I know Neil Druckmann wants to. And I... Just don't do it, please. <laughs> I don't know what they could do for a part three, honestly. Like, I not have a second one. And I was going to ask you, because this is the biggest question here. And this is the biggest question for any sequel that exists. Was it worth it? And does it need to be here? And from finishing The Last of Us 2, I'm going to say no. Yeah, first, I, I agree so perfectly ambiguous that almost 10 years later I can still have discussions with people and everyone's going to have their own input on it. Everyone's going to experience it differently. Everyone's going to have their specific feeling. But this game has no ambiguity to it. It's just, here is one of your favorite characters ever. Watch her suffer and take nothing out of it. <laughs> I, I just, I felt like the entire story was just kind of yeah, they kind of ruined the ending of the first game with, with I, just the existence of the second game. I thought Left Behind the was good for like much a like makes the game. Um, Left Behind is 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 alright. I like. It. I think it's good. Yeah, um, I thought that was, think, was a good epilogue for you know Ellie as a character and Ellie and Joel. I think I, this I, think just, episode, I don't think part two needed to happen. And I'm I'm I'm, I'm happy it happened, but I'm also sad. <laughs> yeah, but I'm. The reception of the people that are playing this, um, like The Last of Us in everybody's mind is now just kind of trash, which makes me very sad. Because the first one is held on such a high pedestal, it's considered by many the creme de la creme of the gaming industry. Yeah, the first one is a 10 out of 10. Yeah, and now we have this game that kind of says, hey, everything you liked about the first one doesn't matter. <laughs> Pretty much. So yeah, that was the story of Last of Us 2. It, take it or leave it. It exists. It's canon. It, it's it's something that we have to, to, you know, recognize when we think about the first game now. But I, I another thing here though. What 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 is what is their intention with the TV series? Uh, I think it's gonna be a straight adaptation of the the events of the first game, which I don't. I, I wouldn't mind. Druckmann say like last week that the TV show is going to focus on a completely different set of characters that we've never met. Well, I mean, okay, so I, I saw on I saw online by uh, some ordinary gamers. He said that uh, Mudahar. He said that what would have worked for part two is that if you just left Joel and Ellie alone and just did something else in this universe. And I again, totally why, why necessary? We don't need that. It's like what they're doing with the new Evil Dead, where they're focusing on something completely different and putting it in the same universe and making it canon. Like, it, it's 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 nothing anybody wants to see. We wanted to see a Joel and Ellie journey across country once again, their relationship getting better and better, and them learning off each other and playing off each other once more. But instead, we got a story about a character that we could care less about because she kills the main character in the first two hours of the game. And no one liked it because we were focusing on someone no one cares about. So now we're gonna. Have we weren't supposed to like it. That that's the thing is that the narrative essentially it's like that that image of the snake eating its own tail. It's just like yeah. that, where like the game tries so hard to make you love Abby, but by its own doing, 
it tries so hard to make you hate Abby in the beginning. It, it is not a bad game. Oh, it, by, by no means. It's not an awful game. I don't think it's it a four, a Metacritic. Taking it out. It is... It's just a very disappointing, meh game. There is nothing about it. There is nothing bad about it. It's just... It's okay. Yeah, it's something maybe down the line I'll, I'll play again. Just to... The last hour... The last, the last hour is pretty good. Albeit a bit dragged, but... So that's the story. And, you know... we I think we're both in agreement that it's very lukewarm. It's very, very middling. Mm-hmm. So I think with that, we should talk about the controversies more in depth about... Uh, okay, so we talked about Neil Druckmann mo-capping himself into the sex scene, which is just hilarious. I think that's just a meme at this point. But something that I, I do want to touch on is the bait and switch with Abby and Ellie, with which was done way better in a game that was released like 19 years ago. I think that the game I'm talking about is Metal Gear Solid 2, released in 2001, PlayStation 2. I don't know, have you played it? Uh, no, but I've always wanted to play Metal Gear Solid. Uh, I mean, so, I story. So I'm not going to spoil it, but I'm, like the main thing... Uh, I, I already know. Do whatever yeah. you want. So, I know where you're leaving. Yeah, so the main thing about Metal Solid 2 was that after the, after the success of the first one, everyone was like, yeah, Solid Snake is such a cool guy, right? It's like a very similar thing to what we thought about Joel or Ellie. Mm-hmm. So then Metal Gear Solid 2 was marketed in a way where it was like, you're going to play a Solid Snake, he's back, you know, he new, new abilities, new moves, what, what have you. And then you play the game, and the first two hours, you're like, you're back at Solid Snake, like, yeah, he's back. And then you're like, you're loving it. And then he gets, he gets washed away in this tanker storm, and then you play as this new guy named Raiden, who was never shown in any marketing material before the game released. And it's a very similar thing to what happened with The Last of Us, with the marketing. But with Metal Gear Solid 2, is that the bait and switch works because it works in a narrative sense, because the idea of Metal Gear Solid 2 was a critique on game sequels, where people want you to do the same thing, but you also... Where people want you to do the same thing, but then criticize you for doing the same thing. But people want you to do something different, but criticize you for doing something different. So it works because Hideo Kojima, the director of Metal Gear Solid, essentially did both. He did some, did the same thing as Metal Gear Solid 1. He basically repeated the same story, but he did something completely different by changing up the protagonist. So that's why I think that works, and The Last of Us 2 doesn't work because, again, the whole snake eating itself thing. I, think, I guess Metal Gear Solid 2 is what Last of Us was trying to be. Yeah, because... Uh, I, I understand that Last of Us 2 did it as a way of showing perspective, but you don't get that perspective because you... Okay, you changed perspective in terms of character, but not in terms of events. Ellie's events are very separate from Abby's events until the ending. So you don't... I like how uh, before the game came out, everyone was like, oh my god, that girl in the trailer is probably Ellie's mom, and now we know who she is. <laughs> uh, yeah, everyone thought she was trans for some reason. She She wasn't... Abby's not trans, and Anita Sarkeesian didn't work on the game. You watched the uh, podcast with um with Greg Miller and uh, yeah, I watched part of it. I'm I'm very yeah, I watched it. Yeah, ironically enough, I'm very impatient when it comes to podcasts. But I, I saw part of it, and when Neil said about the leaks, I I fell for it because as a creative type, it it must be the worst feeling ever to have your what you've been working on for so long taken completely out of context and then people start reacting to it before it's meant to be uh processed i understand what he's going through like he said it was like the worst day of his life and i fully i fully feel from there 
Do you think this game would be hated as much as it is by everybody else if the leaks never came out? Um, I think it would have. I think it would still be facing a backlash after release, but I don't think it would have been facing backlash before release. I think that the backlash would have been much more concentrated, like during release, when when the well, game I, came I, out. Like, do you think that people would hate this game as much as they did if they didn't know about the leaks? Like, if you played this and experienced it all for yourself, completely blind, like I did, mm -hmm. um, do you think people would hate it as much? Because I think the hate would be less, but people would still be angry. Oh yeah, of course. I think it would be less, for sure, but also, uh, you, you, this is the internet, and a lot of it's taken out of, out of proportion. Like, have you seen, like, R slash Last of Us 2? That place is a hellscape, man. Because it's all people complaining about the game. And but also, here's there are people on the internet that don't form their own opinions and just take the opinions of other people. For instance, Metacritic gave it a 95. The audience rating was a 3.3 out of 10. Half of the reviews from people that didn't even play the game yet. Once Which everybody I don't agree with. I, once I don't agree with that. Rating went up to a 5.4. Because because people experienced it for themselves, didn't just take someone else's opinion and had their own opinion on it. Whether it was good or bad is up to you. Majority thinks it's bad. But you saw the rating go up instead of people just not even playing it and then just crashing it online for no reason. Yeah, because I don't, I don't think it's fair to uh, ever judge something before it's ever had its time. You know, I don't think it was ever fair to Naughty Dog to write off their game as the SJW trash before it even the full story came out. And I do agree with, with Troy Baker and everyone else saying that context matters, that you have to play the game to make your own opinion. And I'm glad I played the game before I made my own opinion because I think that it would have just been much better. I, I, I prefer that I play something and I don't like it than I'm told to not like it by somebody else without even playing it. Because at least at least there, I know that I can, I, I've experienced it. I, I experienced the artistic intent of that product instead of just the little cherry-picked pieces of what people want to push as reasoning for why this game sucks. In conclusion, buy Last of Us 2 and experience it for yourself. <laughs> Don't let everybody else's opinion turn you off. Yeah, and if you want this to be a series, then we'll talk about more story-based games. In conclusion, I think we've, we've gone through The Last of Us 2 in great detail. We've talked about what we like, what we don't like. We've gone through the story in detail, beat by beat, and analyzed it. <laughs> Made some funnies along the way. But I think uh, the main purpose is let's discuss a game that we all were very excited for and we were all let down by. And if you, I mean, for sure, if, if you at home, you people, you wonderful people, if you love the game, then by all means, love the game. I'm, I'm happy that you got to enjoy it and that wonderful. the wait was worth it, for sure. I, I, I love that. I, I love that feeling of being fulfilled after so many years. It's just, I unfortunately I'm, didn't have that. And if you hate the game, that's okay, too, because... The game wasn't meant to appease everybody. I, I we can all agree on that. This kid's name, the um, some guy on YouTube, bashing this game, and everything he's saying is just so. And this his name because I want everyone to look at it because it's. I mean, I don't really want to give it credit because like it's completely wrong. I don't want him to keep getting views and all this kind of stuff. The quartering. The quartering. He's like this, like super conservative, like gaming news channel. I watch one thing of his. This is guy. It starts with the T. Um, looking right now. I'll type in reactions. And 
who this guy is. I found him. Oh, who is it? Tyler One. Tyler. Oh, Tyler One. I love Tyler One. I hate him. I have never seen it before, and watching his Last of Us Two critique, I never want to see anything from him ever again. <laughs> He's he is a very and, funny person. Into context, I think he out of every everyone saying things about Last of Us Two, he is the absolute worst. Do not pay attention to anything that he says. It's horrible. It's <laughs> it, it's so bad. His, his streams are hilarious though. Like his free guts are so funny. This guy's just the reason that Last of Us Two is being treated as bad as it is. People like this guy. I just I it's just don't watch his live stream. Don't watch. I, it should watch his League of Legends live streams. Just don't watch his Last of Us live streams. He's I think he's still on League of Legends still, but um, it's I don't know. There there are camps all around. Like Donkey got a lot of shit for liking the game, which I don't think is fair either because. I mean, that's his opinion, man. You, you really can't change that. I, I, I don't... I feel like the only reason he says anything he says in this video is just to look cool. I really don't think anything that he what says in here... Tyler 1 or, or Dunkey? Tyler 1. I don't think anything he says in there is his own personal opinion. I think it's just him trying to look cool and trash on the game that shouldn't be trashed on that bed. Well, that that's character. That's just the character he plays up on stream. That's just how he built up his platform. By just doing these outlandish things on camera, so. Hated him. Really I hated don't him. Know. But uh, yeah, that, that's that's the last of us too. That's what we thought. Uh, we'd love to hear what you thought down in the comments below. Um, Thank you. Very comment much. comment down your best Neil Druckmann fan fiction so we can send it to him. And um, yeah, just uh, I hope you all had your you all played the game. I hope you all in, either enjoyed or yeah. disliked the game for uh, valid reasons. And. Uh, He's and don't forget to stay awesome, stay stay um, stay safe out there, and uh, wear a mask when you go outside. Beat it up by a golf club. And yeah, don't get beaten by a golf club. Don't 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 do that. That's not cool. And don't beat people with a golf club, and then pretend <laughs> to be the main character of a game that's not really yours. Again, no offense at all to Ashley Johnson, Troy Baker, or Laura Bailey. You all did fantastic jobs in acting as your characters. This is just the writing is just really, really off at times. The technical aspect is fantastic. Yes. Writing from a is just very messy. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. So, thank you all for listening to this this very, very long critique and discussion about The Last of Us, and um, we'll see you on the next episode of Tickets and Others. Maybe we'll do another game discussion. Who knows? Uh, just um, we love you.